What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? Another episode of Crossover Commerce coming at you. This is Ryan Kramer, host of this show. Uh, welcome to episode 51 of Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong provides marketplace sellers and entrepreneurs global solutions for controlling their domestic and international funds. An account with us helps sellers uh, save when they send and receive international payments. Check out Ping Pong Payments below in the comments section if you want to learn more information. Again, thanks everyone for joining us today live on Crossover Commerce. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and uh, YouTube. So thank you for joining us live. Or if you're listening to this at a later date, thanks for downloading us on Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you just choose to consume your podcast. Whether you're running on the beach or you're just listening to uh, tips and knowledge in the e-commerce space, thanks for choosing us to listen to. We have a really exciting guest on today. Um, a little bit about our guest. Again, we are live this week. We are going live every single day this week. So again, tomorrow we'll also be going live, almost doing a, uh, I would call it a seller spotlight. But today we're going to kind of peel back the layers and how to build scalable FBA teams. And we're going to talk about that more in detail, but first about our guest. If you haven't heard about him, he is actually scaled three FBA businesses to seven figures in sales and exited one just under $1 million. So that's huge money we're talking about, everyone. All while traveling the world, thanks to the support of his amazing team, which you can actually leverage now too. He believes success is better when shared and so founded Sellerplex to help support other entrepreneurs building better, more fun, and more profitable businesses. He's also enjoyed lots of yoga, and you can follow him on Instagram as well. Welcome to the show, Nate Ginsberg. Nate. Welcome to Crossover Commerce. And thank you. Uh, thanks. That's uh, quite the quite the intro. I love that the, the <laughs> intro video. It's great music, energy. Um, recognize some some of the other people on there. So right, yeah, man. and that, the, those are some of our uh, beginner, uh, you know, sellers and experts in the field. So we've been lucky enough to kind of use them as like our path moving forward. And you know, I have to add. I feel like now this is episode fifty one. I need to like do it speed, like triple the amount of time so I can get all the faces in here for people who have spent time with me on this show. So uh, thanks for spending the morning with us where you are. It's eight o'clock here. Where, what time is it where you're located? And maybe just uh, the background, like where you're located in the world. Yeah. It's uh, also eight o'clock here, but uh, eight, uh, eight, eight in the morning. And, Early in the uh, morning for you. <laughs> yeah. I've been, uh, well, well, so, so I'm in Thailand and, um, and, and yeah, I've also, I've been doing um, the, uh, I mean, I'm in ketosis or been doing keto for the last, I mean, kind of on, I mean, mostly on for the last few months and it's overall good. Uh, but one of the things that I, I mean, the reason I'm doing it is like the kind of clarity energy. And, and one thing that I've noticed is I like when I'm, when I'm on keto, I wake up really early. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, don't mind the, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been up for a little while so far already. You got so, stuff uh, to do, man, in the world. Like you got people to talk to businesses to help run and you, that, that's what you yeah, have to do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's not, you know, all these things are not gonna, they're not gonna do themselves. So <laughs> Exactly. You got, you got to pave the way. Sometimes it's waking up early. So how long have you actually been there? You're not, you're not originally, you know, obviously from the other side of the world, you moved there on okay. purpose. You decided to travel the world because of Amazon's and e-commerce uh, uh, platforms. So when do you sorta, move? Sort of. So, I mean, let's see the, uh, the abridged version is I, I was actually, so after, after university, I, uh, wanted to like, you know, do something fun and adventure and travel. And uh, it was, you know, I graduated college in 2010, which is like the worst, you know, job market ever. And, you know, I just wasn't really interested in yeah, 2012. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just wasn't really interested in, in, you know, just like doing something that was going to be boring. And anyway, so that led me to uh, teach English in Korea where okay. I, which, which I did for, I had a year contract after I uh, graduated university. And that was the first time being in Asia. And, uh, 
and and yeah, you know, got to travel around a lot. You know, have good good holidays and. Anyway, so uh, on my way back from Korea, I was backpacking um, through Thailand. I mean, Southeast Asia, and uh, I was in Thailand actually, up in a this this little town called Pai. It's a couple hours north of where I am now in in Chiang Mai. And when I was there, I met a that was I met the first like like digital nomad. Um, although I don't even know if that was like a word at the time. I mean, this was in 2011. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, about this. Like, probably almost, not. Almost, yeah, this is like literally almost 10 years ago. And, um, you know, I met this guy who like that, you know, basically turned me on, inspired me to, you know, turned me on to online business and really inspired me to want to, you know, do what this guy was doing and, and you know, have something that I could do from my computer while I could travel and have freedom and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, so, so yeah, that's how you know, that was like the original dream and, you know, got back home, got to work, uh, basically, uh, failed pretty hard for a while, you know, spent all my money, moved back home with my parents and, uh, the traditional, like out of college, you know, story, right. Yeah, you go travel yeah. and then move back home with mom and dad. Yeah. And so, but, uh, but yeah, but during this time and, and actually, uh, I mean, yeah, relating to, um, you know, all the hiring and team stuff is so like, you know, I, I was, I met this guy, Andrew in, in Pi and was so inspired to want to do what he was doing. But the thing is I didn't have any skills, you know, I was like 23 year old recent college grad. I just taught English for a year in Korea, you know, not building too much ap applicable skills to use for internet <laughs> marketing and, and, you know, online business. And, and anyway, but, but one thing that when I met Andrew, he, he told me about that really, it was like a big, like, uh, like light bulb moment for me is he introduced me to, uh, Upwork, which is now Odesk. Right. And he told me that he had a couple of, you know, VAs in, in Indonesia and in, you know, India or, you know, wherever in the, in the world. And, you know, he just told me like, I mean, you know, about these people that were working for him and, and, you know, how much he was paying them. And after I, like, after hearing him kind of explain to me what he was doing and then I, when, you know, I started poking around on, on, you know, Odesk now Upwork, it just, it, it like, uh, like a light bulb went off and it was just like, oh my God, like, okay. So I, I don't know how to do anything, but here's a platform where there's millions of people that know how to do literally anything. <laughs> And, and so, yeah, like from that, like, I don't know, it's, it's just like it, it was so obvious to me what, you know, that, that this was an opportunity and, and, you know, so what that looked like is I, you know, when I, when I got back home and, and, you know, started to try to make something happen for myself, um, I, you know, was, was eventually able to start finding some opportunities like project managing, uh, you know, internet marketing stuff, like building websites or doing SEO. And, you know, I, I don't personally know how to build websites. I'm not, you know, also personally very skilled at all at SEO, but because I knew how to, you know, hire, I was able to, you know, I was able to start, you know, making money and, and, you know, finding some, some, you know, opportunities and, you know, more through project managing and anyway. And so, so from that, like, that's what allowed me to, like take off from my, you know, from my parents. Like I, you know, I moved back home. I, you know, was trying to get something going for myself. And, and yeah, and that's, that's how I first started making any money online was really, you know, finding, uh, I was finding some different projects and then I would, um, you know, more just project manage and, and get the right people in place. And so, um, all right. So, so did that start, you know, took off, started traveling and, um, I joined this community called uh, the, the DC, which I don't know. I mean, the podcast Tropical MBA, great, great people. And so, yeah, I joined this community in like 20, 20 the beginning of 2013. Um, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, so this community, they have their, their big and well used to be their annual event in Bangkok. Uh, hopefully it'll happen again. One of these right. years, one of these but, days, uh, yeah, years. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it was that, that community that I had joined and, and, and the, the community was all about location, independent business. And, um, and so, so yeah, uh, from that community is what kind of got me back out to Asia, you know, a couple years after I, I, I was backpacking there and, um, and, and yeah, I came over and, and, 
you know, I think like, uh, you know, me, I think guys like you, we're, we're people, people, <laughs> people. Persons. Right. We like talking and, a lot to people. Yeah. Like, people. Like, right. Like talking, knowing, I mean, all the best things in my life have come as a direct result of the people that I've, you know, been fortunate to, to meet and spend time with and, and, you know, this. And so, so coming out to, to Bangkok for my first uh, big DC event, like that was the next thing that totally just like, you know, changed my life. And, and, you know, here, this is when I met all of a sudden I met, you know, there was like hundreds of people. I think it's like a, a couple hundred people that we're doing all these kinds of amazing things, all this, you know, such diverse and successful and cool, you know, businesses and lifestyle and health and just all, you know, that, that community was basically people that like read the four hour work week and then, you know, did it, quit their job, started, you know, whatever. And, uh, and yeah, it was just like, I mean, it, it was and is an amazing group of people. And now it's, you know, a lot of my, you know, closest, you know, closest friends and some of them I've known for, you know, yeah, like, uh, you know, eight years. And anyway, so that's what got me back out to Asia. And then, uh, and then, yeah, um, found myself, I, I, I moved to uh, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, which is where there was a really big, like, online entrepreneur community hotspot. So a lot of the people from the event that I attended were, uh, they, they, you know, moved or kind of made their way to, to Ho Chi Minh and people were, yeah, you know, just like hanging out, uh, you know, co-working at cafes, you know, partying. Uh, it was, I mean, yeah, it was epic. Like that, you know, that, that became home for the next, um, for the next like four years that was, you know, home, wow. home base in, in Ho Chi Minh. And, and that was like, man, like uh, such an amazing time in my life. And now, I mean, there's, you know, there's kind of like this, this core crew. I mean, some of which are, you know, my, my closest friends that we, you know, we're on and off living there together. And, uh, and yeah, we all like look back on this time in, you know, living in Saigon. That was just, it, it was amazing. And uh, anyway, so that's kind of what got me in Asia. So I'm not originally from Asia, but right. have been around. <laughs> I think, the, I think the, yeah, I was going to say the uh, accent gives it away. I don't think like you grew up in Asia. So, so you've right. been there, I would say if I'm doing my math correctly, you, what been there better part of six, seven years or so, maybe. Yeah, well, eight? yeah. So, so the off thing, and on. Uh, well, yeah, uh, very off and on. <laughs> um, I mean, most of the time that I was, that I was living in Vietnam was, uh, was probably spending about half the year there. And then the, re right. the other half, I mean, I've, I've been traveling a lot, <laughs> the latter was traveling a lot, you know, th through that stretch. And I mean, around Asia, Europe, you know, going back to America and, um, and yeah, it was, so, uh, last year was supposed to be mostly in America. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was in Bali in last March and, you know, had a flight coming back to America, you know, a couple weeks later when, you know, COVID was escalating and, right. you know, borders were starting to close. And so basically, you know, one day I woke up there and I was like, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta make a decision of where I want to be to, to ride this out and, you know, get there, get there ASAP. And so yeah. for, for a variety of reasons, uh, picked Thailand and, you know, literally booked a flight that day, you know, it was the morning I booked a flight that night, um, oh you know, gosh. flew into Thailand, you know, a couple days before they closed the borders and have been here since. And, you know, would not, was not imagining when I made that decision that here we'd be almost a year later and I'd, I'd still be here. But I mean, I, I gotta say it's, it's actually, I, and, and look, I know, I mean, it's been a challenging year in, in a lot of ways, but I mean, the last year in Thailand and, and for a lot of other reasons, for me personally, it's been one of the, you know, the, uh, you know, I feel weird saying this almost, but like, it's been one of the best years of my life. I mean, I've had so much, it's, it's led to, it's been a catalyst for so much like personal growth and, and development, I, you know, personally, professionally. Um, yeah. And fortunate, you know, now I'm, um, you know, mostly involved in things in the FBA and e-commerce space, space, which fortunately has done well during this last year and, and is I think poised to continue to do well and, and, um, and, you know, definitely feel for industries that are, are, you know, more negatively affected, but at the same time, just trying to, you know, do the best with what we've got and, you know, fortunate and grateful to be in a, in a space that's, 
you know, actually, you know, benefited and has been growing even more because of the, you know, craziness going on in the world. And so, so yeah, that gets me to, to here still in Thailand. Um, still in Thailand. There you go. Are you, so are you there just by yourself or are you there with other people that you know, or what's kind Um, of that atmosphere like? So, I mean, it's, it's a crazy time to be in Thailand the, the last year. So there's, um, you know, there's like all the, so the Thailand closed the borders, which they, they closed pretty early and they, they, um, I don't know, locked, locked down fairly, I guess, effectively in the beginning. And so as a result of that, there's, there's not really much COVID in Thailand. And so there, there, there actually was for like a six month stretch, there was, actually no COVID like zero cases. And, right. uh, and then uh, a couple months ago, it kind of some, uh, Someone, workers we won't name, I was going to say, we're not going to name names, but we uh, it's actually, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. You know, people, they literally like, you know, skip the border off, you know, coming from, from Myanmar that, uh, that, you know, brought COVID back. And, and anyway, I mean, it's like, uh, relatively quite moderate. I mean, you know, li- life here, like it's, things are open, you know, you go to cafes, right. you go to restaurants, they're bar, like it's, it, it's not, it's not something that, you know, on a date, honestly, my day to day, you know, life is pretty norm, you know, uh, yeah, like it's not super affected by COVID, which has been nice. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was gonna I, say, you're probably in the minority of the world oh. that you, you can operate it's, almost like a day to day. I was, yeah, I was actually talking the other day with my wife. We were like, shoot, like Valentine's Day is coming up. Like, and then we looked at each other and you go down the rabbit hole, you're like, can't go to a restaurant or like not many are open or like if you are like it, you don't feel comfortable yet and we're like when's the last time we've been to out to a restaurant and sat down in person like we're maybe in a minority for people but like just thinking about that uh, over a year maybe a year now has passed since we felt comfortable right. to do that and again that's up to each individual but we're right. location no but right but that's some of the stuff i mean it's true like obviously you know i know a lot of people in america and you know talk to my family and and, and it's, you know, it's one of the things and like that, you know, it's, it's clear that the pandemic has really, like, you know, it's, 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 it's shifted people's behaviors, you know, like, like you were saying, you know, you have this, this thing in the back of your head, oh, like, you know, should I go to that restaurant? Should I, you know, get in that cab? Should I do this? And like, I, you know, on one hand, I, I, I recognize that because I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, not living under a rock and, you know, see this from other people, but, but yeah, but then makes me even more, uh, you know, grateful to be in a place like Thailand where that's not been my experience. And so also, and so again, you know, wasn't planning on being here for, you know, the entire year. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure when I'm going to leave. I mean, not in a rush to be honest. Um, and you know, another benefit. So there's, there's, you know, not really much COVID and it's also with, with no tourists, another, uh, yeah. Positive is that, uh, like, you know, tour, Thailand's one of the biggest tourism economies in the world. And right. so, I mean, you know, they're hurting from, from that perspective, but what that means for the people that are here is like, you know, basically like 70 or 80% off, like all the nicest accommodation. And so like, you know, in the last year I've stayed at some incredible, you know, hotel rooms, like literally on the beach over, you know, you open the, open the, uh, the blinds and you're just like, on the beach, like overlooking, uh, you know, some incredible villas, awesome, like, you know, everything 70% off, 80% off. And, uh, which is, is nice. I mean, it's it's good. You're not, you're not, it's not a bad thing when you can take advantage of stuff like that. And I know like people are booking trips for maybe a year or two out. Like I know I've had a trip postponed, uh, and I know I'm looking forward to doing like a, a paid vacation that's already paid for. I'm just waiting for 2022 to go through Italy again, like with my wife as like, you know, just in time, like it's going to be nice, but yeah. And in the meantime, but like you and I work in an industry where we're super lucky. You can work from a laptop. You can work from somewhere just with internet connection and just knowing people like, Hey, I'm going to go stay at a beach house, work, bring my gear. And I'm just going to, you know, be away from people. And we're allowed to do that. We don't have to go to an office if you don't want to, Mm -hmm. you, you can just collaborate and do that yourself. You're and that's kind of an interesting segue, I think, like to your business, you and Sellerplex, you developed Sellerplex after you sold your businesses, correct? It wasn't a joint venture before you sold? 
No. So, so yeah. Okay. So what happened is I, um, so I sold my business a couple of years ago and okay, well backing up a little bit. So, so I mentioned, I kind of like got started with hiring, like I said, really early in my career. And like, that's the, you know, the first kind of thing that really opened up opportunities for me to start, you know, making money for myself. And, you know, like anything, you know, hiring, it's, it's a skill. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I got started really early. And so, you know, fast forward when I was building my FBA business, that was, you know, I, I, I'd been hiring for a while. I, you know, had some pretty good experience and systems and, you know, approach to it. And so that enabled me to have an amazing team. And, uh, you know, I, through my, you know, entrepreneurial education and, and, you know, also grateful to have, you know, I said, I'm, I'm a people person. I love events and I've, you know, been to amazing events over the years. And, and as a kind of like, you know, North star guiding light for, for, I mean, most of my twenties was, was really just, you know, surrounding myself with people that I could learn from. And, uh, whether that was in, you know, Ho Chi Minh city, which was a huge part of that. I mean, attending events in, you know, literally all over the world. Uh, and it was just like, Oh, like, and you know, a lot of, and, and that's really what fueled a lot of my traveling. I mean, it, you know, it's easy to look at the, the digital nomad and, Oh, you, you know, I don't know whatever they say. And, you know, you're on a beach and you know, four hour work week and, you know, I'm like, not, and like we're like, not really working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and I mean, like, I don't know, I've always been very like, uh, driven. And so that, you know, and so, and so me, like my, my travel was, was much more fueled by like, Oh, like, you know, there's a, an event going on in, you know, in, in, you know, Chiang Mai, sure. You know, I'll fly over for that. Or, oh, there's a, you know, some events in, in, you know, oh, in Europe. And then it's in, you know, Budapest and Barcelona and Lisbon and, and really would just like, you know, do my, a, a lot of my, my, my travel was really fueled by, you know, either events or people that I knew there that I could, you know, that I liked and, and, you know, wanted to spend more time with. And anyway, so, uh, I, I was able to learn a lot. I mean, have been, and still able to learn a lot from, you know, the amazing people in my life. But, but yeah, when it came to building my FBA business, I, I, I knew, like I had this really clear idea, um, of what the ideal role for me as the business owner should be as well as what it shouldn't be. Like I had, you know, I, I'd learned from, you know, much more successful business owners than myself. Um, yeah. What, what's the CEO, you know, job description looks like and, and what it doesn't look like. And so that coupled with my, you know, the experience that I had, I, that I had had in my career from hiring led me to, yeah, like build an amazing team. And so, you know, my FBA business and, you know, we had, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this a dozen people or 10 to 15 or, you know, something that, you know, at, at that, when that business was at its peak and, you know, I, I did it like I, I had, you know, people managing my supply chain, my account admin, my Amazon marketing, uh, new product development. I had like a general manager and, you know, like these were great people that, that allowed me to really focus on the big picture, the direction, um, you know, company culture, vision, you know, all the stuff that the CEO sh should be doing and none of the stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And so after I sold my business, we got bought actually, I mean, this was by like a, uh, it was like a, a big Chinese Amazon operation, you know, I don't know, like right. hundreds, hundreds of people. And, and so they, they didn't need my team and so sold the business, but still had my team. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, I've, I've got these people that, you know, they've been running my business for me the last years. And like, I knew that I, I, you know, had this, uh, yeah, like I, I knew I had great people and that other pe other sellers didn't have as much experience on the hiring side as, as, as I had. So like, Oh, well, like maybe we can start you know, helping other sellers, you know, I've got these people that are already, you know, they're already trained and experienced with all the things that are needed to run an FBA business. And like, Oh, like maybe there's some people that don't like hiring like I do that, <laughs> you know, we want help. And so, so yeah, that was the Genesis of, of, of Sellerplex and, you know, and, and I, and I, uh, you know, some like deep, like beliefs and like truths for, for me personally, I'm that I believe for, you know, me, you, all of us is that we should, you know, we should do the stuff that we enjoy and are good at, um, that give us energy that get, you know, make us excited. And the other stuff that is tedious is, is, you know, energy draining that like, 
we shouldn't do that. <laughs> like do more of the stuff you enjoy, do less of the stuff you don't enjoy. And, you know, that's where the importance of team building comes in. I mean, you know, business and, and entrepreneurship is, I mean, uh, it's such an amazing, beautiful, you know, creative endeavor. And, you know, you can, you know, it, it's, there's, there's no rules. You can build anything, you know, the own, you know, uh, however you want, uh, you know, however you can imagine you can, you can, you know, build your business and your team, you know, around that. And like, I just realized, uh, I guess fairly early that like, wow, like I can, like, I should build this business to support me playing the role that I want to play, you know, uh, having the impact that I want to have, you know, going in the direction that I want to be going in and, you know, me in that seat and then having the people around me that handle everything else. And like, so that's like a lot of the, the mission behind a lot of what I'm involved with now, whether it's with Sellerplex and then also, uh, now I have a training that's coming out that is basically the, the DIY version of Sellerplex is done for you. And the training is, is, you know, do it yourself, but it's all aimed at the same stuff to help, you know, all of us to do more of what we love, double down on our strengths and get other people that are better suited to handle the other things, uh, in place to, to do what they do best. I was gonna say that, that seems so simple. And I think someone was reading, reading my mind. We have Baptiste showing up and saying hi gents. And then oh, you were saying hey, like, just about, about the, uh, about the event or like just in general, your mindset about it, how it's so simple and how he says, yeah, it's so powerful. And they like, mm. he, he's locked in right now of what you have to say. And I, and I totally agree with that. And obviously Nate and his team, everyone for, for those who are, I put it in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube or LinkedIn, you can actually comment and we'll see those live as we're streaming and you can ask those. But if you download it later, you can obviously check out these links in the, uh, in the, uh, in, in the description, I should say, with the rest of the content. But uh, for those of you who are checking out and want to learn more about Nate, definitely go check out sellerplex.com. What is so building out for other people? It, it seems like a pretty simple, you know, focus. You people don't want to hire people, but you're focused on the e-commerce space well, in general, correct? Yeah. So, so, so here's what I've realized. Uh, you know, as I, you know, as I've kind of continued down down this you know, path of trying to, you know, help other people to, you know, unplug from the stuff they don't enjoy so they can, you know, remove themselves as a bottleneck, do more of what they do enjoy, you know, really scale and grow the business better. And, and, you know, when it comes to, to Amazon businesses, FBA, e-com, like there, there's really a small handful of core functions that all businesses need to, you know, that all FBA businesses need to run. And, you know, these core functions make up your organizational chart, which is something okay. that again, and like, I don't know where, uh, so I'm, I'm a big reader. I love books, audiobooks. you know, I have for, for a long time. And I don't remember where I kind of was first introduced to this idea of like, you know, the, the org chart. I think it's a combination of, so like, yeah, the idea of, you know, your organizational chart. And then another book that I've kind of uh, studied, uh, I guess to, to, to be honest, is um is Principles by Ray Dalio, okay. which is a uh, yeah amazing book. I don't know if you know it, um, but yeah, I've like I've gone through that that book many times, and and he just he hammers into you that like what you're doing is building a machine. Your business is a machine, and you got to look down on your machine from the highest vantage point, and you got to realize that what you're doing, you're building a business that is really a machine, and like a machine is made up of different parts that all work together to produce an outcome, you know, and, and a machine. And, and that's what our, our business is the same and FBA business, same thing made up of, you know, these, these different pieces that when you put them together, they produce an output. And like, that's, you know, that, that's, that's really all we're doing here, all business. <laughs> and, uh, and when it comes to the FBA business machine, there's, you know, a small handful of, 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 of core functions that, are the same across all FBA businesses. They all need, you know, overwhelmingly the same pieces. And so those pieces are, uh, you're going to need supply chain management, you know, someone to get your goods from point A to point B, you know, we can get into the, the actual description of what these roles are more, uh, if you want, but we got yeah. supply chain management. 
You've got um, you know Amazon account management, and I, I kind of break that down into two different sections. There's the account admin, as well as uh, then there's like the marketing side. You've got um, new product development. You know FBA businesses generally grow by launching more products, so like there's another mm-hmm. bucket. And then you've got uh, the finance function, you know, bookkeeping, uh, P&L, cost of goods. I mean, ideally, you know, sending payments. And, and so really, so those four buckets, you got Amazon, supply chain, uh, new product development, and finance. And, you know, there's different ways you can slice it. But like at its core, those, you know, every yeah, FBA I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and so a thing, like, as I've thought more about this and stuff that I, that I've realized, and it's like, it's less important about how you define what goes into each of these buckets and, Oh, what is supply chain and what is new product development and where's the line between, you know, marketing and admin. And like, that's, um, that's less important. And what, what, what is important is, is recognizing however you bucket them as these separate functions. And, and you need to realize this when you're getting started and it's just you, for example, and you're doing, you know, when you start your business, it's usually just you, you're doing everything. And, you know, and, and that's fine. That's, that's how you start. But you know, if you ever want to unplug and, you know, be able to remove yourself as a bottleneck and scale and all this kind of stuff, you, you need to recognize that even though it's, you who's doing everything, what you're doing is falling, you know, it, it's falling into these core buckets, whatever you're doing. And, and it's important to, to, to realize this and, you know, and see these different buckets because that's how you're able to then start one by one unplugging yourself from them. So it starts off, it's you doing everything. You're fulfilling the supply chain, Amazon, you know, uh, bookkeeping and, and new product development functions, as well as the CEO, you know, leader. Um, and, and, you know, you just need to, and look, I mean, like I have the way that I've, you know, organized my business. Other people can do it differently. Again, it's less, I mean, there are a core set of things that need to be fulfilled. And, you know, again, how you slice and dice it is less important than it's bucketed in these things that you can then identify and like, okay, well, you know, for me, I, I mean, for like, you know, supply chain, managing that stuff for me was, was always such a, a, a pain. I don't know. Like I be, you know, I was living in Vietnam and I'm, you know, trying to coordinate a shipment with my freight forwarders in California. So I'm staying up until 11 PM, which is there, you know, 9 AM and, or, and you know, it's just, it sucked. Like that's not what I wanted. It's not how I enjoy spending my time clearly important to, to run this type of business, but okay. So that, like, that was really unpleasant and, uh, you know, that wasn't a fun role for me. And so that was one of the first ones like, okay, well, like let's get someone else to handle that for me so that I don't have to. And, and, you know, so then I did, so, okay. So then, you know, you unplug from one of those roles and then, oh yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, customer service admin, that's another, I mean, fairly easy one. Most people probably start with that hire, but okay, great. Now you unplug from, from that role and oh, now you hire a bookkeeper. Now you hire a marketer. Now you hire a, you know, a general manager. Now you hire, you know, and all of a sudden you, you know, one by one, you're, you're, you know, filling these roles, you know, you got your machine, you got your different functions and one by one, you, you unplug yourself, plug in someone else that allows you to then, you know, elevate until you're just sitting at the top there being the leader, being the visionary, uh, you, you know, driving the vision, you know, really, you know, steering the ship. And I mean, I, I think that's, that's how I want to help. Like, I think that's what, how we all should do it. That's what I did. That's what I want, you know, and whether it's an FBA business, a software business, a service business, like the same, you know, principles apply, uh, the, the benefit of do, you know, talking about this in the FBA space is that like, overwhelmingly the, you know, the functions and buckets that I'm sharing are, you know, 80, 20 applicable to everyone. And so it's like, I can just say like, look, here's your org chart. You know, these are the functions. Here's the job descriptions. Like here, take it, you know, there, like it's done for you already as opposed to, you know, yeah. It's uh, not being able to be as specific with, with other business models. (laughs) Well, I, I have Mike Zagari of uh, PPC. He, he, he says, 
he says it the best way I've always heard. He goes, he calls those MWAs or minimum wage activities. He says, mm. the more you can take those off of your plate, the more successful and more time you can actually develop to building mm. your business grow. And I love how he put that. Like, again, not, they're not like minuscule tasks. They're just tasks that you just don't have time for. They're time suck for you to yeah. scale and grow your business. Cool. Uh, yeah, go ahead. We'll say so on that. I mean, man, uh, love Mike and love that he said that. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, that's something that also like I've uh, been talking about more and I have all this stuff in my program and I've, you know, as I've been doing more, you know, interviews and webinars, but, but this whole idea of really understanding our hourly rate. And I know when a lot of sellers hear this, there's a lot of like uh, resistance, like, oh, like hourly rate, I don't trade my time for money. You know, I'm an e-com seller, you know, I don't have an hourly rate, but, and, and I remember like I got into you know, FBA and e-commerce because I didn't want to trade my time for money. But the thing that everyone has to realize is everybody has an hourly rate. Like we, and everybody in, you know, it's, uh, it might not be dependent on the, you know, your, your inputs, the hours you work and your outputs, the income you make, you know, I'm not saying it's a, a, a one-to-one, like exactly correlated thing. But what I am saying is that necessarily, I mean, assuming your business is making money, then you yeah. have income. And in order to get that income, you do work. Therefore, income divided by hours you worked equals hourly rate. Hourly rate. Yep. The math the math is there. Yeah. People can't yeah. just people can't like escape that. Like I understand a lot of people yes. want to either get away from their quote nine to five. And then this is something that's gonna be freeing of that, but that's with hard work and scale. That doesn't come right. like in the beginning or like, Hey, I'm launching one product. It's going to be 10 hours a week. Like you're going to fail fast. If that's the case. Um, we actually had a couple questions in since, or in comments as well, since you were talking, uh, Francois, who's friend of the show from Novaland actually said you'd enjoy blitz, blitz scaling by Reed Hoffman and Chris. Yeah. I think he was, yeah, when you were talking about a couple, couple books and that. Um, uh, but in terms of scaling, he said, the first three positions, one to three positions you started to hire for scale. Yeah. Like, so how would you rank, how would you rank those for people? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get to that in a second, just to finish the, the, the hourly rate yeah, thought, which is going yeah, which is, which is to tie into this, but, um, but yeah, so, so what's important. To, so one, okay. So like realize we all have an hourly rate, you know, the income you make divided by the hours you work. And, you know, for many people that are running FBA businesses, the hourly rate can be quite high, you know, calculate this. Like, let's say, you know, if you're making, uh, you know, uh, let's say you're making 10 grand a month profit and let's say you're working, you know, a hundred hours a month and, you know, therefore, you know, hundred hours a month, you know, what is, so is that 25 hours a week, 10 K a month income, you know, your hourly rate then is a hundred dollars an hour, which, you know, I mean, not too bad. And, and, and the thing is, and this is where, you know, what I, what I, where, where, what Mike said, and what I love how he said this is, you know, and, and you know, we can talk and we'll get into the, the roles and which ones I hired to right. unplug and scale. But like, let's say as an example, an Amazon admin role, you can hire for sure, you know, 500 to a thousand bucks a month, you know, just so eight, eight bucks an hour, seven bucks an hour, not, you know, whatever, go crazy 10 bucks an hour. So, all right. So let's look at that Amazon admin role, customer service, uh, you know, listing issues, uh, you know, flat files, you know, dealing, you know, responding to reviews. Okay. So if you can get an amazing person for $10 for $10 an hour and your hourly rate is a hundred dollars an hour, you know, if you're, if you at a hundred dollars an hour is fulfilling a $10 an hour role, the, the Delta, the difference in that gap is just, it's just, destroyed value. Right. And, you know, that's what Mike's saying, you know, uh, the, the, you know, minimum hourly rate or minimum wage, minimum wage or whatever. activities, the MWAs. Yeah. yeah I, minimum I wage love activities. how he said that they came out of nowhere. And I was like, I will always hold on to that. Yeah. So thank and you, so, Mike Zagari. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and, you know, and again, and so, so, uh, you know, let's look at, um, to, to answer the, the question, we'll look at some of the, the first roles to unplug from and what their hourly rates are. And so, I think the the easiest place to start is, you know, the Amazon admin function, um, you know, customer service, uh, monitoring your listings, you know, it's like dealing with Amazon stuff as it happens, which as we all know happens. And so, so yeah, so that's, uh, I think that's good for a, you know, a relatively quick, easy win. 
And so, okay, so there's there's one role. Um, another one, I, I mean, bookkeeping is another one that like, I, know, I mean, a lot of people aren't even on top of this as much as they should be, but they should and they need to be if they want to sell their business and they want to actually like, you know, if you want to scale, it's incredibly important to like understand your numbers and otherwise it can be a disaster. And so, you know, that's another uh, easy one to hire for. You can get tons of, you know, great bookkeepers for again, you know, 500 bucks a month or something like that. Uh, you know, much lower likely than your hourly rate. Um, and then, and then the other one uh, that I'd say is uh, another good place to, uh, to, to start or is so, so you want to think about this. You can either go from like lowest hanging fruit um, you know, bottom up or go from the ones that are the most frustrating for you and then go, go down. And so that's like, you know, uh, getting supply chain management was one for me that I said was really like, I, I didn't like that. And so I, um, so I, you know, that was a role that I filled prioritized filling faster because I knew that filling that role was going to have, you know, a bigger impact on my well-being because I, I didn't enjoy it. And so, so yeah, I mean, those are a, a couple good ones to start with. You know, I'd say Amazon admin, uh, bookkeeping and supply chain management. And if you can get those off your plate, it's, you know, your life's going to be so different. <laughs> what do you think is the most, uh, the popular position that people hire for that's unnecessary in your eyes? Oh, well, I think uh, we can be brutally honest down here. You can call out yeah, people. It's no, fine. I mean, I'll say the biggest mistake I think I, I, I see or hear people making and this like, yeah, I, I, I mean, is this whole like the myth of this like, you know, jack of all trades VA that's going to, you know, <laughs> run your business for you. And then like, and people tell me they're like, oh, Nate, like, yeah, can you help me find, I'm looking for a, a VA that can handle customer service and do some design work and manage some Amazon stuff and help with supply chain and help with this. And, and, and I want to pay, you know, $400 a month, you know, for this. And, and the thing is, and people, they think, Oh, they hear like, you know, VA and they think that means they can do anything. And, and the thing that people need to realize is that like the entrepreneur superpower is the ability to wear many hats. Like that's what we're good at. You know, we, we, we're not, uh, you know, yeah, we have strengths and skills, but like the entrepreneur, you know, like ability is to, to do many things and you, you try this and you try that and you do this and, you know, you, you do whatever it takes to, you know, uh, achieve your goals and, and build your business. And, and so people think because that's how they work like me, like I've, I've done, a whole lot of different stuff, you know, in my career. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so it's easy to think, oh, okay, well, yeah, I, right now I'm managing supply chain and I'm managing our finances and I'm managing our admin and I'm managing our marketing and I'm managing our product development. Oh, I'll just find someone else to do all of these things just like I'm doing it. And, you know, and, and, and that's, uh, really going to set yourself up for failure because most people that you're hiring, they they're not entrepreneurs. They don't have that same entrepreneur superpower. And most people are much more comfortable doing the things that they're comfortable with in their lane, in their zone. And, and so, you know, the mistake that people make is they're like, Oh, I want someone, you know, again, that's going to be doing, you know, data entry and, you know, these like tedious, uh, you know, micro uh, activities, and they're going to be doing, you know, design work and, and this, and they're going to talk to suppliers. And it's like, you know, when I hear that in, in the way that, so, so that's, I think a recipe for failures, they think, Oh, I'll just hire one person who's going to do everything for me because that's what I'm doing. And that's, again, um, I, I don't think that that's generally effective. And, and instead the way that you want to do it is, is like we talked about, it's, there are different, you know, buckets and each of these different buckets that we can talk about what skills are needed for success with the different buckets on Amazon. But like for someone to be effective in the role of supply chain management, they're going to need different skills and abilities than someone to be effective in the role of, uh, you know, new product development or Amazon marketing. And, and so, and the thing is, you know, these different functions, they have different, uh, like, 
I mean, there's, there's like the hard skills and then there's the like things we enjoy doing. So supply chain, you're going to want someone who's, you know, very organized, uh, you know, organized, detail oriented, uh, you know, a lot of setting up and managing trackers, you know, they gotta, they gotta love that versus, you know, say a, a graphic designer and people like, they, they just, people think that like, they can just throw on graphic design. And I, just, I don't know. Like they always I have like a visual all, communications background. And I hate when people are like, yeah, just create a logo for me and you're good. Yeah, exactly. Like, like oh, they just throw on like, oh yeah. Like design, <laughs> use Canva and, you know, make some images and, you know, and like the thing is you, you tell, uh, supply, you know, someone who's, who's very, you know, detail oriented, you know, spreadsheets loves things to be, you know, correct and, you know, fit into their, you know, things. And like, there are people that, you know, they get pleasure from that. And like, those are the ones that you want managing your supply chain. You know, they want, you know, they get, they get pleasure and well being from things running correctly from them being organized for them being on top of it. And you know what you tell that person to go like, you know, design a product image on Canva and and, and they're going to go freaking nuts. <laughs> and so, exactly. you know, and vice, and vice versa, you take your, Oh, I've got this great girl. She's helping me with some design work. Yeah. Maybe she can help me, you know, with bookkeeping too. And it's like, look, like these are very different like skill sets of what you're going to need to have success. And so, so yeah. So the mistake I see people make is they try to just get like, Oh, I'll get a VA and they'll do everything for me. When the reality is, in, in, in what I, you know, I think you have a lot more success with is, is getting, you know, specific people with specific, you know, skills for specific roles. And, you know, you can do this in a very cost effective way because a lot of these roles, they don't need to be full time. So, okay, maybe you have a supply chain person starting at 10 hours a week and you have, you know, um, an admin assistant for, you know, maybe they're full time or 20 hours a week. I mean, it's a, it's a, a cheap, you know, it's a cheap, uh, you know, role to fill. Um, you know, uh, your bookkeeper is is also part time. You know, you have someone working on new products that's also part time, and you know, you combine everything and you get you know one and a half full time people or whatever. But it's it's split up between you know five or six specialists that are really good and 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 well fit to do the roles that they're doing. And then you're going to have happier people that are better at what they're doing, that are working harder, that are going to stay with you longer. Yes, exactly. Specialists versus generalists. And, and, and this also isn't to say that you can't teach people to do things, but you, you got to understand like how people are wired and that we're all wired differently. And so, you know, for me, like, you know, you could teach me to manage supply chain well, or I mean, I guess I, I know how to manage supply chain well, but like me doing that role is like, um, I'm going to hate it. It's just not a fit for, for me, but you know, and, and the role that is a fit for me is stuff like this, like very intentionally. I love doing interviews. I love creating content. I love sharing. And like, that's my role. You know, I'm specializing in, in this and like, yes, like, uh, you know, versus, trying to do everything myself. And so, so yeah, um, I think we covered quite yeah. a bit there. I mean, there, there's a lot. To, yeah. There's, uh, there's one more question that actually I wanted to hit on, on top of what came in from the audience. And I think it kind of is a two part, um, again, from Francois, he said, is there an inflection point? Like, is there a skew number or is there a revenue amount that you need to hit in order to really start thinking about that? Is it, is that, that I mean, to measure. I wouldn't so, say that is the case. So, so I'd say, I mean, uh, a rule of thumb is uh, if you have more money than time, then hire earlier. If you have more time than money, hire later. But, and I mean, so that's, you know, one, uh, you know, thing to keep in mind, but, but then the other one is also is like what your, I mean, okay. So look at, at Sellerplex as an example. And so that business I've been, you know, we've been around for a couple of years, been building it for a couple of years. And, you know, from the beginning, I was very like my objective with Sellerplex and the role that I wanted to play with Sellerplex was very clear to me. I wanted to be the, the, the CEO, the leader, and I didn't want to be the one, you know, uh, doing these different functions, um, account managing, project managing. 
And, and so for me with Sellerplex, I, you know, over the years I've, I've, I've invested more in get like, it's, it's more important to me and my, my priorities. It's more about getting the right people in place to manage the business for me so that I'm not a bottleneck so that now the business is at a place where it's able to scale more and it doesn't depend on me. And, you know, but, but constantly that's a reinvestment. So I could have, um, you know, so it's okay. Uh, with Sellerplex, with his example, I have more money than time. Therefore, I built my team, you know, better and earlier and got amazing people in place to handle all of these things, you know, including a general manager who, you know, 97%, you know, runs the business so that me, I do stuff like this. And, you know, and so reinvesting earlier in, in getting more people in place. And again, that's because I, I, with Sellerplex, I have more, more money than time. And so it was, it's like my priority. I'd rather invest in the team. If that means that I'm able to, you know, focus on the areas that I want to, and not the areas that I don't want. And, 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 you know, and, and now though, and, but in fast forward, now the business is at a place where it's, it's much easier for us to grow and scale because I'm so not involved in these things because like, you know, we're, the, the business is growing and we're, you know, adding all these team members and this and that. And like, we're able to do that without me being a bottleneck because, you know, I, I invested in getting the right people and, and infrastructure in place first so that now I, you know, so now it's not dependent on me. And like what that meant practically is the first year or, you know, year or, or more growing the business, I was mostly reinvesting in more people. So I, you know, I, I, I short-term sacrificed my profit margin, but, you know, same with, you know, similar with FBA, you know, product businesses, you're growing, you got to reinvest in more inventory. Um, and so that's what I was doing, you know, with, with my team. And, and, and now that, you know, now, I mean, it's like, there's, there's more profit for me because the, there's better people that run the business and I don't have to, so we can scale, we can grow more, we can do more work. That's not dependent on me, which makes me more money later because I was reinvesting it, you know, earlier. And, and the same general thing applies to, to, you know, product visit to FBA. And so, you know, the more you reinvest in the short medium term, I mean, uh, assuming it's, 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 you know, good, you're, you're making like smart investments. Um, that's going to allow you to then grow a bigger, better, faster business, you know, uh, in the future. So I have a quick question before the top of the hour and we have to, uh, hop off. What is, where are you finding these people? Like what, for people who are like, I don't know where to look, like, I don't want to go with the freelancer and regret my decision. How do I find trusted individuals to scale my business? Yeah. I mean, uh, Upwork for me is a, a big one. I mean, I've hired literally hundreds of people, uh, you know, on Upwork over the years, all kinds of roles. That's still like my go-to, I mean, Upwork, onlinejobs.ph, uh, there's Facebook groups, Dynamite Jobs is another one. Um, I mean, yeah, those are the main places that, probably, that we hire from. You're probably not hiring people who solicit themselves on like Instagram pages and you're like, hey, do you sell on Amazon? And I can help you grow to a seven-figure business. Well, 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 so, so here's the thing. So, so, and this is what, um, so, so like the core thing to success with hiring that, I mean, we didn't even get to talk about, but what a lot of people miss is, is you got to set up a, an effective hiring funnel. So most people, they approach hiring. Oh, Hey, I have a job. You want to work for me? Cool. Great. Let's get started. And like, that's a recipe for disaster or they're like, Oh, like, sure. You're interested. Let, let's have an interview. And like, you just try to fit everything in and like a, you know, just waste of your time, their time. Anyway, the, 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 what you should do is set up a hiring funnel. And so this is what my, my course is about. I mean, one of the, the main things is it's like, I mean, it, it, you know, it talks about the roles that you need and then to fill them is about, you know, setting up your hiring funnel. And I mean, of the benefits of doing this is when you have the funnel, it, it doesn't matter where they come from because you put them through your process that then is going to pump out, you know, the candidates that you're looking for. And so when you have a hiring funnel, 
you know, you get some random people spamming you on Instagram. Hey, I can help you this or that. Instead of, you know, you don't, it, it takes you like 10 seconds to, you can send them a link to the start of your funnel. Hey, like here's the job posting and here's the initial questions. If you're interested, you know, fill this out and that's going to start the process. And then you, you know, you move them through the process like everyone else. And if they go through the process and they pump out the other side, you know, the point of a funnel is you put in, you put in a bunch of stuff at the top and then each stage of the way, you're going to filter the ones that aren't a fit as well as the ones that are a fit are going to stay. And then, you know, they go through these couple of different steps and then out the bottom you have, you know, qualified applicants and, you know, and like having that funnel is the, like, that's the key. And, you know, and then where you get people to fill them, it doesn't matter, you know, Instagram, Facebook groups, Upwork, here, there, whatever, you know, you've got the, the system that you just dump people into. And then they, you know, if they're the right fit, then they're going to come out the bottom. And that's when you have the interview and the conversation when you already, you know, you've, you've put them through the, the process and you know, they are going to be what, you know, a good, a good chance they're going to be able to help. So, so yeah. Look at that. We, we, we did it. One of the oh, best wow. podcasts I've listened to in a long time. Francois, that's huge compliment. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. He, he, he's in logistics. So when we were talking about that and who to hire and who to scale, he's the guy mm. to go to in terms of that. So we appreciate you listening and kind of following along in this whole hour. We've already breezed through an hour. We didn't even get into uh -huh. too much in depth already, Nate. So we're gonna have to do like part two, part three, part four, or something like that in terms of sure. building your infrastructure. But for everyone who wants to learn more information about you, kind of pick your brain, go through Sellerprex, your course. We talked about all those kinds of things. Where do they need to go or how do they get in contact with you? Yeah, I'd say the, I mean, the best thing. So um, I, I publish a lot on my social media, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, if, you know, if you're interested in any of the stuff that I'm saying, like, you know, go, go add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram. And, and yeah, like I, I talk about all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and yeah, like if that vibes with you, if that's interesting to you, um, you know, you'll be, you'll find, or you'll see other opportunities for us to work together, whether it's, you know, with Sellerplex or the, the course is dreamteammachine.com. It's actually relaunching in it's being delayed, but in a, yeah, maybe a week or so we'll be, we'll be relaunched, but, uh, but yeah, like. I will be talking about these things on my social media. I, I mean, as well as other things, it's very not, I mean, you can decide for yourself if you think it's like, you know, promo -y or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, um, connect on, on social and we can, we can see if we get along and, uh, exactly. Some you have to be cool. There. You have to be cool to get in with Nate. Like it's been tough, <laughs> tough to work my way in with you, man. But yeah, there's also mastermind groups that you're running and a part of too. So also very much, um, talking and at a high level in terms of, you know, you exited a business. There's, there's that side of things, how to scale businesses, uh, is kind of your forte. So hiring and scaling and obviously exiting are all things in your wheelhouse. You and I are also, and I'm going to do a self, uh, like a shameless plug for other, mm -hmm. uh, for another talk that we're both, Gary, we're sure. both a part of. So Gary Wong, who is also a friend of the show, he shared seven tips for seven figure sellers to grow their business to seven figures in 2021. I think I did the right, I call it my seven, seven, seven yeah, episode. Yeah. But he, uh, seven. he, yeah, there's a lot of seven. So he did that last week. But if you're interested in learning more tips like this, I know Nate, you share a lot of nuggets in that yeah. video. I also shared a lot of information in terms of international growth and expansion and saving money. So you and I are both part of that, but there's like 30 of us that are in the space that are sharing That's our top tips for 2021. So again, selfless are not sh selfless, shameless plug for Gary Wong in the seven figure seller summit. So Gary, we're promoting this for you, man. Uh, it's, I, I think there's around, like he, he says something like 5,000 uh, participants already, or we're trying to get to that. So that's really cool. Uh, event that we're both uh, speaking in as well. So Nate, thank you so much again for joining us today on Crossover Commerce. Again, friend of the show now. I know you have so much going on, so it's really cool to hear your story and what you did to grow your business and kind of all the opportunities you're growing. I know a lot of people are excited for 2021 moving forward. Uh, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to most? Uh, man, I mean, a lot. I mean, I guess I'd say like, uh, you know, we didn't even get into like, you know, growth, development, mindfulness, but like what I'm excited for honestly is like doing more things that I enjoy, having an impact in the way that I want to have an impact, working with people that I get excited about working and helping and serving. 
and everyone winning together. Like that's, that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> awesome. I love that. And you stay right there. And now I'm going to kind of count on us out real quick. Again, everyone, thank you, Nate, for joining us on Crossover Commerce. Again, this is episode 51 of our show. We go live almost every single day. I'm going live every day this week, especially in the business week. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to do a seller spotlight on a person who actually I'm really excited to talk to with tomorrow. Her name is Christina. She was a former flight attendant who obviously with travel restrictions going on, had to find a different income and she sold on Amazon. She started selling on Amazon. Now she's doing a service with copywriting. She's successful on Amazon and she's really growing her business to a new level. Told me personally, I don't know what I'm going to do if the airline industry, when it goes back to normal, I might just stick with Amazon fully. So we're going to hear her story tomorrow again on crossover commerce. If you're new to the show, again, go ahead and subscribe on our social media channels on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, we go live and we make notifications when we do uh, have shows going on. So next week, again, we're also have, I think, four episodes, not going crazy next week, only four, but uh, we have a lot of awesome guests again next week as well. Thank you for joining us live again on all those social media platforms. And then also for listening to us on uh, all the podcasts where you can download them on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or any other podcast service. I'm Ron Kramer, the host of this show, Crossover Commerce. Thanks for joining us again. Join us again tomorrow for another great episode of the show. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.